Amsterdam, Tuesday, quite near a canal and several windmills. Everyone is holding some tulips. So, an OB. An oddly shaped bicycle. Close outside broadcast. I don't think we've done one before. What about the time we had that picnic on the Thames near Richmond? That was just a picnic, my love. And the week in Japan? A holiday. And that day we had where we all dressed up in lovely clothes and hung out with friends all day. Our wedding. Oh yeah, that was fun. There was cake and milkshakes. Yeah, it's not the same thing though. So, what are we doing here? Well... Are we here on a pilgrimage to the locations used in the filming of 1983's Ark of Infinity? Uh, no. <laughs> We're here because we all split up to investigate something strange going on in the Udcast universe. Alpha went to the municipal rubbish tip near Doncaster and we came to Amsterdam, remember? There's something wrong with the birds. Yeah, that kind of thing. No, there's something wrong with the birds. How can you tell? They're not singing. Or moving. Just hanging in the air like time for them has stopped. Waiting. Waiting for their fate. Or the moment they take over the world. Loz? You don't think... Afternoon, you two. Oh, thank goodness you're all right. We found something. Oh, yeah? Where? There, the birds. Are still and silent. Waiting for the moment to strike. To take us all down with them. Into the depths of hell. Yeah, that's a mural, guys. It's an episode that's all about plastic pollution in the ocean and we are going to spend time talking about it. The production values on the songs have really gone down, I think, this season. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Woodcast. And with amazing hosting skills, it is me, Laura. Oh, thank you. Thank you both. Duff claps. Um, clapping me with politeness and alacrity there were my husband, Chris, and my very good friend, also Chris. Hello. Hello. A certain amount of tolerance as well, but yes. Welcome. All of, all of the above. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> both of you, to my episode about Praxeus. That's right. The episode with the trailer that freaked me out to the point where I had to shut my eyes and pretend it wasn't happening. Yay! So this episode continues the environmental messaging that has been a counterpoint to the main point of the series. And I feel like I've got a lot of thoughts about it, so you two must as well. Hey, do you want to lead us off? I really, really enjoyed that it was another kind of expansive episode. It dealt with a big, broad theme, but through a small 
kind of virusy thing. But it started with everybody in different places investigating different elements of the same thing and coming to, and that was really great. Um, my favourite bit about that was that Yaz did something for herself. Exactly. And was really police officer-ish. Hurrah! Yes, she was. Well done, Yaz. Yeah, you have intention, Yaz. <laughs> and a mind of your own. So, you don't need no men to speak up for you. You have agency. Indeed. You are one girl roaming. Swiftly joined <laughs> by another. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I loved that whole uh, initial sequence. It, it felt very sort of montage mm. Like, oh, they're getting the team together. They've each got yeah. different skills. Also, Ryan when, can when pick when up we're... dead things. When Ryan... T- <laughs> <laughs> when he turned up uh, on the was it a riverbank yes or it, that it makes was. it sound like the wind in the willows but when he turned up <laughs> you'd uh, make a good mole oh no it's a good yeah, badger yeah. it'd and be it's... most you'd be most, most woodland yeah. animals I except would be good for at. toad you're not boastful enough to be toad that, okay thank you I'll take that Laura know, could be toad oh thank you the point I was going to make was <laughs> when he turned up and he surprises Gabriella yeah she doesn't just accept him yeah, she basically tries to beat the crap out of him before she accepts that he is not awful and has not taken her friend, mm-hmm. hey, which I think is great. You know how I write down the cast list each week. Did you forget her? No, I didn't. I just have an interesting point. Oh, Gabriella was played by Joanna, or perhaps Joanna, but the person who plays Jamelia is called Gabriella in real life, spelled oh. exactly the same way. So on set, one of them was playing a Gabriella and the other one was really was, Gabriella. Was so when they said, uh, that's a rap for Gabriella, everyone would probably have been like, who? who? they could have solved that the one we're paying to be here more than just 10 minutes yes true (laughs) oh but the other one had such cool makeup before or after she died which which (laughs) hey cheeky fellow oh yeah that was spooky as all it was really was wasn't it yeah it did look a little bit like tim shaw didn't it yeah there there was a sort of a a bad thing rocky not teethy okay no no it very much had the feeling of teeth but like animal teeth, not human teeth. Mm, I yeah. guess so. Sort of a toothy cactus kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> toothy cactus. <laughs> there is actually a bit, one of the deaths, where the camera zooms into the mouth and you see mm. all the rock go down into the throat that was really, really scary and mm. bad, but brilliant. I thought the design on this was really spot on. Those deaths were incredible. Um, and the way it sort of just slowly grows and then sweeps over them mm. and then they just pff, was I, what I didn't uh, not lovely, something that good. was n- a niggly problem for me was when they exploded in big puffs of smoke every single time everybody stood around them with their mouths open gasping <laughs> and I was just like no shut your mouth close your pores don't inhale all of the your friend's death dust can you voluntarily close your pores <laughs> Well, I if you, I feel if you try really hard, you probably could. You could do it. Either that or you could just laminate yourself. That's true. They should have all run and laminated in a themselves. a thick layer of Tipex or something. I just, something. Take, takes time, though. And hold on. Don't explode just yet. Let me just put myself through this laminator. Did you it, guys know there's a, a, a certain species of parasite, right? Which is like a little, it looks a bit like a big albino woodlouse. 
<laughs> and it um, inhabits fish. It uh, preys upon fish where it eats their tongues and then takes the place of a tongue. It's called the Cymothea exigua. And there are all these horrible videos of fish being caught and then a little thingy runs out of their mouth and sort of up the fisherman's arm and it's horrible. But like yeah. when you look down a fish's throat that has one of those, it looks like the inside of somebody's throat when they are being consumed by Praxius. So every time that happened, I was like, ooh, it's a bit like that. Ugh, gross. I, th I think some of the best Doctor Who monsters are ones where they have some allegory in real life. Mm. So perhaps your fish parasite is, is the one for this monster. Maybe <laughs> and, and, and what, the the Candyman from Happiness Patrol is the sugar tax. Yes, yes. <laughs> or or the weird ass Bluetooth head headsets that oh. um, send out umbilical cords into the people's brains uh, as a method of cyber control. They mm. did that, didn't they? Yeah, they did that very much. That is an allegory for our dependence on social media for interaction. Maybe Loz. Oh, do they think about this that much? When they, yeah, they must do. They've got surely. to. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if the writers of these shows did not think about it as much as the fans did? I mean, I'm sure that is the case. That's true. <laughs> that is 100 percent true. Some people have nothing else to do at all except think about Doctor Who and then spew it out on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the irony of talking about this on a podcast. I know about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done. Okay, so did anybody else um, have any thoughts about Praxius? I had something that I was quite interested in. Go on. Um, so it's almost a whodunit, this one. Mm -hmm. um, you don't understand exactly how all the events portrayed in the episode are connected together because they're very different. How are the birds connected to what's happening in the sea, happening to people, human beings? What is the thing that connects it all? That's kind of the whodunit. And the answer is plastic, right? Which is a really clever answer because it keys into the theme of the episode. But also, yes, birds do eat plastic and, and it, there are these huge plastic... Gyres. Gyres, yeah, mm. uh, in the ocean. And, and then microplastics going inside us. So... Even though I'm sure some people will think that this is preaching again, it's actually very clever. I like that it sort of got wider and wider and then it's just down to this small group of, uh, I don't know, they weren't humans, were they? But they were these small group of humanoids, yeah, creatures who had decided specified. they'd chosen our planet because of the amount of plastic in order to experiment and create a cure. Now, that's sort of, that, that, that's a fairly typical Doctor Who Wait, but it's a really nice way of getting there. Like, go bigger, go bigger, go bigger, tiny. And it's yeah. such a mundane evil. Like, mm. oh, we just had to experiment on someone and you had a lot of the material that we need to experiment yeah. on. Is yeah, really mm. boring but insidiously evil. I was quite sad for the birds, really, because I quite like bird watching. In mm. a sort of really amateur, I can never identify many birds way. I quite like watching birds and... Now I'm going to watch them and wonder if they're going to attack me all the time. <laughs> well, this is it. Doctor Who has a, a storied history of taking bits of popular culture and Doctor mm. Whoifying them. So we're gonna, you were going to get some Hitchcock at some point, weren't you? Yeah, I did wonder about that though, because they're being eaten, presumably being eaten alive by the microplastic in them. Why were then taking? Why were they then taking it out on people? But I presume I, I sort of I think internally just assumed well they're being driven mad by the 
Oh, I thought it was slightly more sci-fi than that. I thought Praxius ate up the plastic and then turned it into some sort of organic matter that then interfaced with the birds and allowed it Mm. to control them the Mm. same way it allowed it allowed to control the humans in the Mm. in the hazmat suits. (coughs) Not the humans, the humanoids (coughs) in the hazmat suits. I think it it felt a bit like you know those parasites in ants that control the ants to go up to the very top of trees Mm. that that Praxius when it got hold of um, plastic it metabolized it somehow and made it something organic that sort of stretched into Mm. the living things and allowed them to control it to a certain extent Mm. and of course all this episode sort of broke as um, the coronavirus (laughs) began to hit the news as well which was quite interesting to um I'd, uh, they couldn't have predicted that, but the idea that there were separate strains of Praxius happening in Madagascar, in Hong Kong, in where mm. was the last place? Bol- Bolivia, Peru, Peru, Peru. That there was a sort of a gentle mutation from mm. one place to the other, which allowed the doctor and the scientist to piece together something approximating a cure. Was quite interesting. I really liked the new characters. I thought the the trio that we ended up with at the end, they were like a mirror companions, three of them. I really mm. liked that. I loved that two of them were married. They were both guys and that wasn't a big deal. That wasn't part of the story. That was just there. I thought yeah. that was really interesting and great. There's that lovely bit where he says, um, can you imagine being married to someone that impressive? And I was like, I know what you mean. Oh, <laughs> you... No, it was Thanks. nice though, you know, that that idea of when you're in a relationship with someone and they're doing so well and they're so good at things and just, it's like, I don't know, it just felt like a really truthful moment there. There was a nice bit of character in there. They weren't disposable plot points, those yeah. characters. They felt real. They were The story allowed enough time to make them feel well, like human beings. And it provided a sort of rounded motivation to those characters rather than the sort of the, the one-line throwaway motivation that happens in a lot of drama. I'm not singling out Doctor Who necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask Christopher Alpha for this. Oh, no. Do you think the Doctor has got better at steering the TARDIS or do you think the Doctor just hates Adric? <laughs> oh, I mean, if the Doctor didn't hate Adric on some level, they'd be the only one. Uh, <laughs> um, Poor Adric. Oh, I think I think maybe the TARDIS has got a bit better at flying itself. Sure, okay, cool. It wasn't well, like, oh, I can't do anything, Adric. I just, oh, I just it's too hard a manoeuvre. Also, there was some tuition from River Song about sort of like not leaving the handbrake on. That's true. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the TARDIS had a thing against Adric as well for doing all the maths. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we did see um, in a tenant episode him landing the TARDIS between two containers, two metal shipping containers, yeah. well, and, and the door opening the wrong way. So precision stuff has yeah. happened before, you know. Yeah, materialising on something to pick it up and rescue it. I like yeah. what happens this time. That ha- that's happened a lot. So um, no, no. On reflection, maybe the Doctor just hates Adric. <laughs> I mean, I th- I thought that you'd have to be you'd have to be pretty damaged not to see your um, spouse go off into space mm. to be just like, yep, I can leave that. So I did I did feel like, although I enjoyed that moment with Graham and what's his face on the beach, 
probably could have gone even further. His name was Jake. Jake, Jake Willis. Look at him Jake with his notes. Willis. Played by Warren Brown, everyone. <laughs> well done, you. Yeah. Uh, that moment with Jake Willis and Graham on the beach. Ho, 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 ho. Jake Willis. <laughs> Jake Willis. Action cop. Is he still a cop? No, he's not. Because no, he's, he's got like yeah. well, he's still alcoholism cop, and technically problems with authority and he's coming back acts of random violence <laughs> um yeah, that is yeah because that is a very sort of action hero name isn't it yeah Maybe there'll be a spin-off series i was about to say that yeah there, there has to be a sort of date die hard for a die hard doctor for doctor who. who i have some random thoughts that aren't just going to come out that I just want to say. Can I just hop around the episode a little bit and say a few things that I thought were funny or interesting? Do it. Get bouncy. Um, well, Chris seems like he might not want me to I don't do know. I was, I was going to ask you how difficult would it be to do it in, in chronological order? If, it, if it's not worth it, it's fine. I'll try to do it in chronological order. No, no, it's fine. No, go, go where you like. Here I go. Um, here I go. Great introduction for the Doctor. I really enjoyed in this episode her running along the beach with her coat yeah. flapping and the shaky cam. That was a very Doctorish cool way to introduce her. So I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that Ryan doesn't know Gabriella, even though he's meant to be a YouTube <laughs> person himself. That's really funny. It's like a really, really bad no subscribers YouTuber meeting someone who makes a living out of it and being completely nonplussed about it. Mm. That made me laugh a lot. Um, I really enjoyed the subplot that the doctor suspected a talking cat in Ontario to also be part of the puzzle. Yeah. And it's just not at all. Oh, of course, but cats are just evil. <laughs> Sir, what's your evil plan? Don't give me that look. I know you're up to something. Cut the meowing. It's not fooling anyone. Okay, fine. I can talk. What do you want? I don't want anything, really. Later, perhaps I'll stare intently at one spot on the wall for a while. Or lay in a patch of sunlight and warm my belly. So you don't know anything about a missing astronaut? No. Or weird murmurations of birds off the coast of Madagascar? I would happily kill a bird. I knew you were evil. I'm not evil. I'm a cat. So you're not trying to enslave the human race? Like I said, I'm a cat. In every conceivable way that matters, I already have. Au revoir, mon ami. I'm off to attend to my personal business. And by attend, I mean lick. And by personal business, I mean bumhole. You monster. There's a funny joke with Graham. I think Bradley Walsh is really good at Jokes. Uh, I know that's a really bland thing to say, but he can sell a good joke. And I did enjoy the upside down scanner joke. I just thought that was a nice little joke. <laughs> and he was a comedian. So, okay. Was good he? person to have that. Yeah. For years, he was like a, a comedian entertainer person. I know very little of his storied past, oh. but uh, I've got to admit, of the companions, he is probably my favorite. That feels sacrilegious. <gasps> It's okay, you can have no, a favourite companion. I, I think it's solid. He's the only one that... No, I'm not saying that out loud. <laughs> I like Yaz. Yeah, but that's I like, okay. I do like Yaz, and I, I particularly liked her in this episode. It gave her a bit of sort of flair and moxie that 
we hadn't really seen from her before, which was great. But I feel like a lot of people felt that about this episode. It was nice that that there was a sort of a sense of actual danger and agency about what she chose to do. Moxie is really a word I can I can imagine Chris Chibnall using in a writers meeting and everyone else in the room saying what what <laughs> Moxie say, yes Chris yeah we'll do that and he'd be like go and watch Bugsy Malone or... and you'll understand what Moxie is Ace has Moxie Ace has Moxie mm. I've been this is beside the point but I've been watching the season twenty six Blu Ray box set mm. oh it's amazing. She's so good. Everyone's so good. Like I can totally, totally see Ace running back into that Hong Kong warehouse to dismantle mm. a teleport device. She wouldn't have asked she though. She wouldn't have run in. She'd have just thrown a can in and run away. <laughs> and watch you go boom. Yeah, that's the easiest way. <laughs> Yay! There might explosions. be some valuable clues in here. <laughs> uh, not anymore. <laughs> um, and my final point is poor Aramu. He just gets killed by birds, mm. and no one even goes. Where's Aramu? I know. <laughs> he just dies. Which was sad because I liked him. Yes, he was nice. Morning, Mr. Jameson. How are we feeling today? Well, a bit peaky, Doctor. Can't really feel my left foot. Thought that was because I let the grandchildren sit on the bed at visiting time last night, but not got any more feeling back. Right, well, your vitals look good, but I'm a little worried about some of the levels in your blood tests. So I'm going to get you on a drip, I think. Uh, Graham, do you think you can put in a cannula? Righto, Doc. Uh, where's his uniform? Well, he doesn't need to wear a uniform when he's not in work, does he? He doesn't work here. No, but don't worry, you're in safe hands. Graham's a bus driver. Day three of the training course was on first aid. You'd be surprised how often we need to put in a cannula during rush hour. So that's the end of our review section, and I think we've got time for a lovely haiku from Chris Alpha. This is the haiku for Praxius. Alien virus might solve plastic pollution. Goes for birds instead. It's for the birds. Is that a saying? Oh, it's the title of my favourite Pixar short. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. Mm. I liked it too. (laughs) Oh, well, now we're talking about things that we like. Can we tell you what's making us feel good this week? So this is quite a silly one, but I've um, recently been introduced to a podcast which does bring you inside the writer's room um, in quite a, a literal way um it's a podcast about the watchman tv series mm. and it's featuring the um lead writer yes and um, who i believe is called damien, damien lindelof. lindelof 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 we don't know do we his, na- interesting his name guy. is damien and he's damien, being i think a blimmin heck <laughs> he has a name but we're not really interested in who he is, more what he's done and why he's done it and how he's done it. And it uh, covers all of the ideas and themes that were that went into making the recent series of Watchmen. And it seems very clear from the discussions on the podcast that it is just as complex and convoluted, the, the process of writing a TV show, a successful and critically acclaimed TV show, 
as we'd hope it would be. And every <laughs> Easter egg, every sort of twist of script is intentional. So let's mm. hope that, that there's a similar one that comes out about Doctor Who in a few months' time or years' time. And it's called, if anybody wants to look it up and have a listen of it, Watchmen, the official podcast. And I do recommend it if you're interested in the business of creativity. Uh, Chris Halfer, what's making you feel good? Um, so in the last few weeks, I've been able to take my 14-year-old to the cinema to see actual grown-up films, which um, has been wonderful. This week, um, my good thing links into Doctor Who because Hitler was once in Doctor Who. Yes. Because I saw Jojo Rabbit Yay. and I loved it. It felt a bit like what would happen if Wes Anderson made a film about World War II and an imaginary Hitler. Um, but also if he was from New Zealand. Um, yeah, it was just warm and funny, but also bleak, which sounds like a, an uncombinable um, group of things, but it it works, I think. I know you have to have a certain sense of humour to really enjoy it, from what I understand. I had that sense of humour, so hurrah. And Chris Sigma, what's making you feel good? Well, Doctor Who is my favourite TV programme of all time, but right up there, almost at the top, is another BBC show called Inside Number Nine, which is oh, yeah. by two out of the three of the League of Gentlemen, the other one being Mark Gatiss, who is a very big Doctor Who element of Doctor Who, as we know. Uh, but the other two have both been in episodes as well. So, mm. And very soon in this season, Jenna Coleman is going to play a part. Mm. Um, each week... We are in a different number nine, so a completely new setting, which is, again, very Doctor Who. Every week, something completely different. There are no characters that move over from one episode to another, so you can watch them in any order. And they are half an hour long. They are densely written. They're so funny and interesting and narratively brilliant. So amazing series and you'll you'll recognize loads of people dan starkey is on one episode uh, so there's a there's a strax appearance mark gatiss has been in it as well yes yeah it's it's incredible and um let me just recommend a couple because as i say you can watch them in any order uh, i really like the second episode of season one which is i can't remember the name but uh a quiet a, night Quite night in something like that. It's a completely silent episode. It's absolutely beautiful. Oh yes, uh, is that the housebreaking? Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. Uh, and the other one that really jumps out, as I say, I love most of them. Is one uh, I think it's called the Riddle of the Sphinx, uh, which is about cryptic crosswords. Mm. And a really interesting point, if you didn't know, the crossword that is solved during the episode appeared in the Guardian that morning. <laughs> so they actually made the crossword and, and put it out into the paper all over the nation. Uh, they're so clever and brilliant. They're really funny. They're obviously big fans of Doctor Who. Reese Shearsmith mm -hmm. played the second Doctor in Adventures in Space and Time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, please have a look at that if you don't already. That is another beautiful BBC property. Can we tell you what's making us feel good this week? Thank you, both of you, uh, for joining me to discuss Praxius. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you both next week for the episode Who Put the Lady in the Ball? Can you hear me? Oh, 
Can you hear me? Yeah, we the did official the title, not <laughs> not who put, who put the, the lady, lady in the ball. ball. <laughs> <laughs> See you, folks. Bye bye. You're beautiful, and that's for sure And always, always run You're cheesing it across the floor But I will hunt you down And though my insides hurt Though my brain is
mon ami, I'm off to attend to my personal business. And by attend, I mean lick. And by personal business, I mean bumhole. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Oh, no.